Hello and welcome to Shepherd's Staff. Once again, I'm Apostle Paul Young and uh, <clears throat> Shepherd's Staff is designed for pastors and leaders. I want to help you in your ministry, in your, in your uh, call, what God has called you to do. And each week we're going to be looking into different subjects, different things <clears throat> that, that I have learned over many years. I've been in the ministry for over 47 years. And uh, I was taught by my dad, mentored by my dad. He was a great pastor. And I'm going to be bringing principles and things that uh, will help you. So let, let's get right into the subject for today. It's something that I, that I have seen, a mistake that many pastors make. And that is this. It is not the pastor's job to keep the people close. In other words, <clears throat> the sheep are to follow the shepherd. The shepherd is not to follow the sheep. Now, this is I've seen this so many times uh, by pastors who mean well, and they just they spend a lot of time chasing or following the sheep. Got I got I got to get all the people in. I got to go after them. I got to be in their house. I, uh, my dad told me that when he first started in the ministry, he didn't have a dad that was a pastor. So when he started in the ministry, there was this uh, thing that you have to do visitation. And you have to be, this was a common thing back then, that you have to be in every one of your people's homes at least once a month. And my dad told me, he said, I started doing that. And he said, I learned real quick. That don't work. It don't help. It don't fly. And he said, I quit that. When when I started uh, uh, out as a senior pastor after working with my dad for those number of years, <clears throat> I remember I went over to a uh, small rural church. And when they interviewed me, they said, uh, one of the guys asked me, he said, do you do visitation? And I said, no. I don't do visitation. They kind of looked at me, and I said, if you are sick, call for the elders of the church. I'll come. If you want me or me and my wife to come for dinner, invite us. If it will fit in our schedule, we'll come. But no, I don't have a, quote, visitation program. <clears throat> and they just kind of looked at me like a calf looking at a new gate, like, okay. And later on, after a couple of years, there were some problems there, and and one of the board guys came to me and he says, uh, "Well, one of the problems is you you don't do visitation." I said, "Do you remember the interview? Do you remember what I said?" I said, "What were you thinking?" I told you I don't do visitation, like that, and he said, "Well, he said we thought you were young and we could change you," <laughs> and I said. Well, you thought wrong. <clears throat> no, I don't do that. It's counterproductive. Then if I get in the pulpit and I start to preach on something, then you're going to think it's because I was at your house and I talked to you and that's why I'm preaching on it. <clears throat> My job is to be in the word and in prayer and then bring a word from God to you. And because I wasn't in everybody's house, <clears throat> I don't know all your stuff that's going on, but God does and the Holy Spirit will see to it. That is dealt with. Well, let's look at this in the Word. John chapter 10. 
is this scriptural that I what I'm sharing? <clears throat> John chapter ten, and we're going to look at verses three to five. It says here, <clears throat> "To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice." And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. <clears throat> now notice, proper behavior of the shepherd or the pastor and the proper behavior of the sheep, which is the church folk, okay? First of all, sheep need a shepherd. End of story. Sheep without a shepherd will quickly be scattered. Sheep without a shepherd will be preyed upon by the wolves. So sheep always need a shepherd. Secondly, sheep are to hear the voice of the shepherd. Sheep, good sheep will be listening to what their pastor says. And they understand that according to Hebrews chapter 13, that the pastor has the rule over them or the authority over them. That doesn't mean we're going to tell everybody what to do with every part of their life, but we do have authority given by God to lead them, to train them, to teach them, to equip them. So the sheep are to hear the voice of the shepherd. And third, the sheep have the responsibility to follow the shepherd. It is not the shepherd's responsibility to follow after the sheep and try to get them in and try to, well, if I don't go after them, uh, no, no. The Bible does not teach that the shepherd follows or chases the sheep. Now, what immediately comes up with most people is, well, what about the 99 and the 1? Well, let's go look at the 99 and the 1 here. What does the Bible say? Luke chapter 15 and verses 4 and 5, it says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it upon his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice for me, with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Now, one of the biggest mistakes we make when we read the word, is to ignore the context of the verses. <clears throat> I've heard people say, oh, the 99 and the 1. We, <clears throat> somebody somebody is, is not in church. Somebody leaves the church. Oh, we need to go after them. They're the one. They're the one. Wait, 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 wait. What does it say? The first two verses here in chapter 15 says, Then drew near to him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the publicans and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Sinners. That that was the problem. That was what they were griping about. And in verse number seven, it says, I say, likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. This passage is not about going after church folk. This is about sinners coming in, going after the sinners. And 
Jesus was trying to speak into the lives of sinners to draw them to him. And the religious folk were kicking up a fuss. <clears throat> now, it says, the shepherd goes after this one, and when he finds it, he puts it on his shoulders and brings it back. Now, that means the person has humbled themselves and wants to come back. They want to come into the fold. They want to be rescued. That doesn't mean that that, 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 that sheep is kicking and bleeding and crying about a controlling pastor. Look at this guy. He's here. No, 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 no. <clears throat> no. The context is about sinners. It is not about your church people. Hmm. We're just looking at what the Bible says. I'm trying to help you. Because I have seen so many pastors, they, they, uh, try to do everything with the, with the sheep. Do every, now, <clears throat> I don't have any problem with you uh, uh, being in church functions with the sheep. You know, uh, you you have a potluck, you have a special day, uh, uh, a Christmas dinner, uh, a Fourth of July picnic. Yeah, you ought to be there. Yeah, the pastor ought to be there with the sheep. But we're talking about going after a sheep. That is not there. Uh, uh, one that is lost. One that is a sinner. Not spending time with the people all the time. So <clears throat> what has happened many times, many I've seen it, is the pastor will spend a lot of time with the people, but the minute there's a problem, the, and uh, newsflash, pastors, there will be problems. <laughs> The reason for that is because you have people. And when you have people, you have problems. It's show me one parent that raised a child that didn't have some problems along the way. Not happening. It's part of the growing process, part of part of raising people up. And in the church, you're going to have some people that are going to have some problems. And that's what we're there for. We're there to help them and to train them and to... Uh, Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Two of the three are not fun, but they're necessary if we're going to raise strong <clears throat> Christians, strong warriors in the kingdom of God. And uh, <clears throat> and I've watched where where pastors spend all this time with the people, and the minute there's a problem, because the people were close to them, they knew stuff, and all of a sudden, all this stuff gets start getting turned, twisted, and spun against them and uh no not not here uh <clears throat> i've had people try this i've had people try to get close to me on purpose and found out later on what their what their uh, ultimate goal was <clears throat> but i didn't let them get that close they were asking personal stuff and all this and i didn't i don't share my personal stuff with everybody I don't have everybody in my home all the time. Why? Because some of them, now maybe they're not looking for that right at that time, but when there's a problem, when they when they go sour, when they start listening to the wrong folks and, and they start thinking wrong, <clears throat> they're going to turn what information they have and they'll try to use it against you. And uh, <clears throat> now, how about Matthew chapter 18? Let's go over there. 
What about that one? Let's look at that one. Matthew chapter 18. Again, this is about the, the 90 and 9. Let, let's see what it says. Matthew chapter 18, and look at verse 12 and 13. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and go into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Oh, somebody says, see, see, that's what you need to do. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember what I said last time. What is the context of those verses? If you leave the context out, you can make verses say all kinds of weird stuff. Okay, verse 10. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. Oh, you back up to the verse number one of chapter 18 of Matthew. And at the same time came disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and said, set him in the midst, and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> now, he's talking about kids. And he's talking about us acting, having an attitude and humility of kids as believers. Then we go down to verse 10. He says, don't despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels do always behold the face of my father, which is in heaven. For the son of man has come to save that which was lost. Again, talking about what is lost, not talking about church folk. The, the church people that, that leave or start drifting off, they're not lost. They know exactly where you're at. They know exactly where the church is at. Then it says down here, verse 14, it says, even so it is not the will of your father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. Now, who's the little ones? They're either children or those that humble themselves as a child, according to verse four and five. See, that's who he's talking about that you can go after and, and what it said in the previous passage said puts him around his neck. That is a sign of humility. Now, adults, adult Christians who are truly humble do not have a problem following their man of God. <clears throat> adult Christians that are rebellious, that are have problems with strife and division and who does he think he is telling me what to do? Da, 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 da. Those people got problems because they've been listening to the wrong spirits. They, they haven't been getting that out of the word. Now, Jesus had the multitudes. He had the 70. He had the 12 and he had the three. Now, notice Jesus did not spend quality time with the multitude. He loved them. He taught them. He had compassion on them. But outside of preaching and teaching, he did not spend time with them. Show me one verse in the, in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus spent time with the multitudes other than to preach and to teach them and to heal and to minister to them. Okay. Now, he spent a little more, more time with the 70 and gave them instructions because they were following him. That's why. <clears throat> he spent much more time with the 12. Why did he spend time with the 12? Because they were always following him. 
You never read one verse about Jesus followed after Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, any of them. They followed him. <clears throat> now, because they were following him, he could teach them and lead them. My question was, how did Judas get away with all the stuff that he did in betraying? Because there was times that he was not following. He was off doing something else. Jesus was not following him. Jesus wasn't checking up on Judas. What's Judas doing? He ain't here. He ain't here for the meeting. Where's Judas at? Oh, it's Judas. Ah, I followed him down. and He's been talking to them, them high priests. And Oh, I saw him with money. Ah, I got his number now. <laughs> that didn't happen. <clears throat> no. Remember, they followed Jesus. Jesus did not follow them. So there was a 70, there was a 12, and then there was the three, Peter, James, and John. <clears throat> Peter, James, and John followed more closely. And there was times, because they were following close, Jesus would take them aside, separate from the 12. And they experienced some time with Jesus. Why? Because they followed when he said, follow me, come with me. He never went with them. They always had to come with him. So those three, Peter, James, and John, those are your leaders. Those are your committed, your faithful, your dedicated, your loyal ones. Develop them. Pour into them. Spend time with them. Uh, <clears throat> following the uh, example of my pastor uh, and things that he has shared, I started uh, what we call campfire amongst my staff. Uh, usually once a month, we'll get together after a Sunday night service. And uh, <clears throat> whether at my house, one of their houses, something, and we'll, we'll get chow. And <clears throat> that is my time to pour just into them. Now, I don't run after them. They they have to follow me. I announce, okay, or, or one of my staff does, they ask me, when do you want to have campfire this month? And usually it's usually we do it like the third Sunday night. Sometimes it's different. <clears throat> and then they'll send it out. But they follow me. I don't follow them. That is an important principle. If you ignore it, sooner or later, it's going to sneak around and bite you in the behind. And when it bites, it's not going to be fun. I have seen pastors leave the ministry over the results of this kind of thing. I don't want you doing that. I want you strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I want you to have not only knowledge, but I want you to have wisdom and lead your people. Teach them, train them, do what God called you to do. And I'm praying for you. We'll see you next time right here on the Shepherd Staff.